1: Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and this week I have a correction, a quick and dirty tip about writing for radio, a meaty middle about the word funnest, and a featured listener. First, apparently, I've been mispronouncing Adirondack my whole life, and thanks to the listeners who let me know. It's Adirondack, not Adriondack, as I said last week. The Adirondack Mountains are in New York State and are part of the larger Appalachian mountain range and Adirondack chairs supposedly were designed and first used at a lodge in the Adirondack Mountains. Next, a listener named Tim wrote on Twitter that he had heard someone on NPR say that another person, quote, often frequented, unquote, a venue, and Tom thought the phrase often frequented sounded redundant. Technically, Tom is right. As a verb, to frequent means to visit a place often, so the word often is redundant. It would be more correct to say that someone frequented a location or visited a place often. But I wouldn't come down too hard on NPR because audio is different from text. People who are listening to the radio aren't always paying as close attention as someone who's reading an article. Listeners are driving, or they might have the radio on in their house or as background while they're doing other things. So it's not unusual for people on the radio to say the same thing multiple times in different ways, or to be redundant to make sure listeners get the point. Think of redundancy on the radio, such as often frequented, as being there for emphasis. And now, on to some fun with the word funnest researching the word funnest in its close relation funner turned out to be a lot less fun than I had hoped. The opinions are so varied that I became completely engrossed and frustrated and forgot to call my mother on her birthday. Sorry, Mom. First, the easy part. Everyone agrees that fun was originally just a noun. For example, you could say, we had fun, which is the grammatical equivalent of we had cake— fun is more of an abstract thing than cake, but they're both nouns. People at the same party may disagree about whether they had fun, whereas they would probably all agree that they had cake, but fun and cake are both nouns. But now we head down the slippery slope of fun because many modern sources grudgingly accept that fun can also be used as an adjective, as in, squiggly throws a fun party, In that sentence, fun is an adjective that modifies the noun party. It was a fun party. How fun made its way from a noun to an adjective is a great illustration of how language can change over time. Nouns can be used to modify other nouns, and when they are, they're called attributive nouns. In the phrase sugar cookie, sugar is a noun, but it's being used in an attributive way to describe the cookie. Attributive nouns do the same thing as adjectives. You could say, I ate a sugar cookie, or I ate a yummy cookie. The sentences are constructed the same way, but sugar is an attributive noun, and yummy is an adjective. The Oxford English Dictionary notes a few uses of fun as an attributive noun, such as fun fair" and funfest in the early 1900s. It was probably from there that fun worked its way from noun to adjective. In English, nouns often end up becoming adjectives, too. A few sources note that using fun as an adjective is a generational thing. It's much more acceptable to children, youngsters, slackers, and people who were born after 1970. A Google Ngram search, which shows how often words are used in the books Google has scanned, shows that writers started using fun as an adjective more often around 1960, and using it that way has been steadily increasing ever since. In fact, I suspect many of you listening probably use fun as an adjective without even thinking about it, and it doesn't sound strange to your ears. But remember, that wasn't always the case. It's a concession on the part of language traditionalists to not freak out when you say something such as, it was a fun party. They'd prefer you say something like, we had fun at the party.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Is it rosettastone.com slash grammar? That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash grammar today. Next, if you accept fun, do you have to accept funner and funnest? here's where it gets really contentious. This is where I got stuck looking up reference after reference trying to find a convincing answer. If people accept that fun is an adjective, they should accept that fun can be inflected like other adjectives. If crazy becomes crazier and craziest, and silly becomes sillier and silliest, why can't fun become funner and funnest? In the episode on comparatives and superlatives, we told you that, quote, one syllable adjectives use the suffixes er or est on the end of the adjective. For example, tall has one syllable. So if you wanted to compare the height of your family members, you might say, I'm taller than my sister, but I'm not the tallest of the family, unquote. If you accept that fun is an adjective, the way to compare the funness of two or three things would be to use the words funner and funnest. Yet, even people who do accept that fun is an adjective are unlikely to embrace funner and funnest. It seems as if language mavens haven't truly gotten over their irritation that fun has become an adjective, and they've decided to dig in their heels against funner and funnest. In their minds, if fun as an adjective is still somewhat informal, then the inflected forms are still non-standard, or to use less fussy words, funnest is grating and horrifying. And the language mavens still have enough influence to hold the line for now. However, it's probably a losing battle. Again, a Google Ngram search shows a big and ongoing increase in the use of funner and funnest in books, starting around 1980. In the end, I've come to believe that there is a fun continuum. On one end, you have fun, the noun, and everyone is happy to cluster around and be associated with it. That's the standard usage. Then, if you move on to fun the adjective, you've got a smaller but still very significant group of people who will give their approval. And then, as you move on down the continuum… You've got a much smaller group of people who were willing to grab Funner and Funnest by the shoulders and give them a big welcoming hug. That would be an example of language in flux. If you remember an Apple marketing campaign from way back in 2008, you'll remember that Steve Jobs was part of this group. He thrust Funnest into the spotlight when he predicted that Apple's new iPod would be the funnest iPod ever and maybe it was. But technology is fickle, and language change is constant. iPod sales have fallen every year since 2009, but the popularity of Funnest keeps growing. This week's featured listener is Amy in L.A., who wrote this iTunes review. Grammar Girl is invaluable. I'm an accountant, but have to write training manuals and policy— I started listening to Grammar Girl a few months ago and quickly realized how much I forgot or didn't know about the English language. Now I'm much more comfortable writing and share her podcasts with others. Keep it going. Thanks, Amy. I love to hear that I'm helping people, and I often hear from people who have great math skills, like accountants and engineers. But when they get in the working world, they find they have to write well, too. Thanks again for writing the review. I really appreciate it. Finally, if you like grammar, I bet you also like good manners. Grammar and manners have gone together for hundreds of years. They're like peanut butter and jelly or macaroni and cheese. So check out the Modern Manners Guy podcast, also from Quick and Dirty Tips. One of his recent topics was how to handle a disrespectful crowd during a speaking gig. I hope I never have to deal with that, but if I do, I'm confident the Modern Manners guy will know how to do it politely. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. That's all. Thanks for listening.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Races, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.